2: It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should?
0: Hello and welcome to The Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, March 23rd. This is episode 373. My name is Dan Ellis. I'm joined by two awesome co-hosts, Mr. Ryan Duffy. That's this one. And Mr. Taylor Grin. Yeah, this is that one. How are you fine, sirs, doing
2: on this Wednesday Eve? Weather's getting nice. Yeah. It, kinda I kinda wish it would stay like it is right now.
0: Well, I well, oh. I wouldn't want it to stay like it is right now. Like it's nice and sunny, but it's also there's there's a nip in the air. It's a
2: little chilly. Yeah. It's sixty degrees. Yeah. Perfect.
0: <laughs> Perfect if you like to wear long pants and long sleeve shirts and maybe a jacket
2: all the time. I was working in the garage. <laughs> Short sleeve shirt. Uh huh. Yeah, it's I. I mean, I, I like to work and not sweat. Yeah.
0: Well, I then how come. do you know that you're working? Like, that's the sign that you're working is if you're sweating. Oh. The project gets done. (laughs) I guess that's another really good sign, too. (laughs) That's probably a better
2: sign. (laughs) It's like, fuck, man. I only got one nail in this thing, but I'm sweating. (laughs) (laughs) I must be working
0: really hard on this one nail.
2: (laughs) Oh, man.
0: (laughs) The project gets done.
2: Fuck you, Ryan. (laughs)
0: That was an excellent answer. Also, happy
2: birthday. Thanks, thanks, Mr. Yep. Duffy. Defic- How old uh, are you now? Uh, Thirty-eight. Another, another trip around the sun. Wow,
0: you're much younger than I am.
2: Well, so are you we try an, not an elder millennial or a Gen Xer? <laughs> uh, I'm an elder millennial, mm-hmm. or I'm not a millennial, and I'm not a Gen Xer. Depending, oh on yeah, millennial what or whatever they call. Yeah, it. yeah, there's that middle phase where it's like I for the beginning of my adolescence, didn't have internet. Mm -hmm. That wasn't an available thing. And it wasn't until like middle school for me where internet was becoming more of a thing. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have cell phones. Like I had one of those little like cheap, you know, buy a phone card thingy and put minutes on this thing to make a phone (laughs) call with to say, Hey, the cops are coming to that house. Fucking get the fuck out. Uh Uh-huh. But that that was about it. So, (laughs) I do kind of land in that in between phase. Uh, did you have a beeper? <laughs> uh, actually, I did a Patriot yeah. in the military. When I first joined the military, I had a beeper mm. that was for uh, callbacks. Nice. Oh, so
0: <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Uh, what, what, what's new with you?
2: Uh, not much. Just, you know, doing my woodworking still, Yeah. which the- is a funny story because I started on this, this dog urn today. And I sent him like, he sent me the photo Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I said, yeah, here's kind of like I I did my stuff with the photo. Like, here's kind of like what the photo will look like when it's burned on the wood. Mm. I said, well, then I just need the words or whatever you want put on there. He's like, wow, he's still around. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. He's like, he's, 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 he's a really old dog. And they're like, We wanted to get an urn made for him. But I'm like, I just don't have like the rest of the dates for you. Just wanted on the like, rest. Okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, no, I'm like, no problem. When the time comes and you need it, I can I can have it I can have it here and ready and I can finish doing uh the wood burn into the top of it and and then get it to you when when the time is appropriate. Uh, but I thought I was making this for him and his dog had like just passed. Mm-hmm. It's like no, the dog is it's getting it's getting to be the time when it's either dog's not going to wake up in the morning or we're going to have to make the decision to go to the vet soon. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Poor so, boy.
0: And that's always tough.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: I know it
1: was really hard.
0: I, when I don't I, believe in a heaven
1: for humans, but there's definitely one for dogs and all of them go to it. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know it was really hard when I had to do that for Luke and I wish that I had done it like a week before because by the time I did it, it was, yeah, it, it was, yeah. it was past time and <laughs> he was, he was miserable and suffering for the, for
2: the last few days. And I,
0: I still feel bad about that, but it was like, it happened really
2: quickly. Like, yeah. But That's what I had a buddy a couple of weeks ago. He was, he was, they had made the decision, Hey, when I get off work, we're going to go have to put her down. Like it's, it's, it's that time. Mm-hmm. And the day before he went home, his wife called and said, Hey, she's really bad right now. We need to get to the vet. Like we just need to do it today. Mm-hmm. And she died on the way into the vet. Oh, wow. In his, in his arms I'm in the sorry. back of the car. So he's like, yeah, it sucked. And then they held the dog's ashes basically fucking hostage. What? How, why? He's like, well, he went and had it done. And he's like, you know, how much does it cost for me to get the ashes back? And they're like, uh, or what, like, what's, what's the cost? He's like, they're like, well, it's 160 for us to bury him. He's like, well, where do you bury him? I'm like, well, we just dumped the body in a dump. <laughs> he's like, what? You're going to charge me for that? Like, yeah. Yeah, And he's like, well, how much to get the ashes or get her cremated? 400. He's like, I I don't want you dumping her body in the dump. So I guess we'll do that. And he's like, 400 fucking dollars. He's like, it was only 80 to put her, it was only going to cost 80 bucks to put her down. And then it's $400 to get her ashes back. Wow! No, like we're either gonna, you can drop her off. Like she's either going to the dump or we'll cremate her, depending whatever. But you got to pay us four hundred dollars to get her ashes.
0: Yeah. Well, and I know. I know. Like you know, your the empire at that point. Yeah. Well, yeah. and sometimes the four hundred, you know, that like that sounds excessive, but sometimes, like I know when we, uh when we uh had the vet come and and take Luke away, it was, you know, if I wanted his ashes back, I there were two different. Options. One of them was uh, that we will put will will cremate your dog along with several other dogs, and so, so it'll be don't a mix. do know who you're getting back. Yeah, or or it can be you know that you can pay extra and we'll do them separately. And okay. So maybe that's why the four hundred was was yeah. the number that he gave. But
1: mm. mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm having my own pyre for avocado. Fifty years from now, yeah.
2: that's, uh-huh. <laughs> fifty also, years from now, for sure. Yeah, it sounded like that vet office was just complete dicks. He's like, especially like they could have lied to me and said we have a pet cemetery back there for one hundred and sixty bucks, mm-hmm. and I would have fucking believed right. it. But no, they said we're going to dump your dog in the city dump. Wow. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of fucked
0: up. Yeah. Wow. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're prepare, preparing the urn for the eventual demise of their dog. That will be uh, a wonderful keepsake for them, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, what What's new I, I, with, uh, oh, go ahead. I, saying, I get more requests for urns lately than I do for humidors. So, but, I mean, one holds ashes and one makes ashes. <laughs> <laughs> it leads to ashes, yeah. Uh, well, what's new with you, Mr.
0: Taylor?
1: Oh man. Um, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, none of which I can quite talk about yet though in a few weeks, hopefully when, you know, I can talk about it, you'll look back on this episode and be like, Oh cool. That's what that was about. Mm-hmm. Um, want to give a, a big old fucking thanks to, uh, to Ryan. Um, thank you so much for making, uh, that cane for me. I'm yeah. really looking forward to getting it tomorrow. Um, especially on such short notice and like, Basically going with my weird ass design specs. So thank you so much, man.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it's, I, I, I even tested it out myself and I sat down. I'm like, yep, yeah, I can grab shoes with this. I can grab a door with it. And, uh, and then I added some leather yeah. onto it too, cause I felt it had to have a little bit of different aspect to it. Yeah, no, it's got some panache, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. I,
1: I simultaneously hope that I don't have to use it all that much, but I'm super excited to,
2: so... <laughs> <laughs> to tell you the truth, I walked around the house with it quite a bit, being like, this is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, canes are a thing I might want to do. Yep, Yeah. well, good, because if this
1: issue persists, then I'll probably want to have options, so... Yeah. Or, and
0: Ryan has the mustache. I mean, all you really need is the cane and the monocle. I know. Turn into Mr. Yeah. Monopoly. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I do need the to money, too.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. I or I can pretend.
0: <laughs> oh, fun. Well, I have just been super busy with work, of course, still, always. And it's not getting better. Eventually, it will be. And... I, I know there are things happening that will eventually lead to a decrease in my workload. It's just not happening nearly as quickly as I had hoped. Um, and so Taylor, you tried calling me on Monday, on Monday and Monday, and I, I responded several hours later saying, Hey, I saw that you tried calling. What's up? But. Uh, what I have not mentioned to either of you, like even before we tried calling or anything was that I didn't answer cause I was in the emergency room.
1: Uh, oh, no.
0: yeah. So Sunday I got up, was doing my normal, gonna watch my news programs, making coffee, getting everything ready in the morning. And I was just sitting at the kitchen, uh, bar area, enjoying my coffee watching one of my Sunday news programs and out of nowhere, my heart just started pounding out of my chest, like beating really, really hard. And then it would like stop and it would flutter and it like, there was some chest pain. And I was like, well, this isn't good. I'm, I'm an overweight man in his, you know, late forties. Uh, this having ventricular defibrillation. And I've, 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 you know, I used to smoke a lot. I've, you know, I used to drink a ton uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the best of shape. I've been working out and I've been, I've been going on walks and doing my golf and lifting weights and all of that. And I've been feeling a lot better, but I am still, you know, not in very good shape. Um, and I have my smartwatch and I thought, well, I'm just going to do my ECG thing on my smartwatch here. And I'm sure it will be fine because it's always been fine i you know my heart every now and then i think probably everybody everybody has had this experience and if i'm up in the night you guys can let me know it feels like it skips a beat yeah where it skips a beat or like it'll you know pulse really hard for a little while and then it settles down and you're like what the fuck was that all about mr heart and it's like fuck you i'm just doing my thing um but You know, so that's happened in the past. No big deal. But this one, it was weird. Like it just lasted a lot longer and there was some chest pain involved. And then my arm started tingling a little bit, my my left arm. And I was like, that's, these are all, Mm -hmm. these are all things that like I've seen on television and in movies. People say that's bad when that happens. And that's a sign. Yeah. This, this is something you should have checked out. So I broke out my watch. I did the ECG thing and it said that it, that it detected atrial fibrillation and it has never yeah. said that before. And so then I got a little freaked out. So then I did it again and it said the same thing. And then I did it again and it said it was fine. And I did it again and it said it was fine. And so I wasn't sure what to think. Um, but you know, it said that you should talk to your doctor about this as soon as possible and you can save the results and print them out, share them around, whatever. So I just thought, okay, well, that was weird. And then I just, I didn't feel right the rest of the day, you know, and like it finally, it lasted for, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and then settled down and I felt okay, but still like off all day long. And like, so Monday, oh, go ahead. Let's say, did you feel like a little lethargic? Just not really lethargic. Just, I don't know. It was, I don't know,
2: like, like, like on the verge of fainting.
0: Yeah, I felt a little lightheaded, maybe a little bit dizzy. Um just just not not right. Like like something was off. And you know, so I went to bed, got up Monday, started doing my work day, and then I remembered well, not that I remembered, but I you know, did enough work stuff early in the morning that I figured, okay, well now is a good break time, I'm gonna take a break, I'm gonna call the doctor to set up an appointment, whatever. So I just went into my chart online to do my, to schedule an appointment. And when I logged into my, when I logged into my chart, it said that my, uh I, that I'm due for a colorectal cancer screening. And I was like, great. So You're like, Nope. Colonoscopy. Well, <laughs> I might as well just schedule that while I'm on here. So I selected that. And then, you know, that I needed to set up an appointment for something. So then it starts asking you questions uh that you need to answer as a pre-screening for your, Colonoscopy. And one of them was, Have you had any heart problems recently? And of course, I had to answer, Well, I'm not sure. Like, there was something that happened yesterday, but I wasn't sure what it was. So I said, Yes. And then it said, Well, then you need to speak to the doctor before so that we can schedule or see what's going on. So then I had to call the doctor. Uh, I called and spoke to somebody in the nurses or scheduling or whatever. They asked what I was calling for. I explained what happened. They said, Okay. Well, I need to send you to somebody else to do triage and figure out what we need to do with you. So they sent me to somebody else. They asked me a series of questions. And at the end of the series of questions, (laughs) though, (laughs) <laughs> the, the the actually the last question that she asked was this is going to be weird and it may sound like it's kind of coming out of the blue or anything but have you done any cocaine recently <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like uh no actually I've never done cocaine because I was always worried that I might like it too much so it's <laughs> one of those things that I have just always avoided so no I've I've never done that <laughs> and she kind of chuckled a little bit and she thought she said oh, okay well that's fine um She said, but, uh, with, you know, all of the answers that you've given me and and the symptoms that you had yesterday, uh, I'm going to recommend that you go to the ER like now, now, and I was like, 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 like now, now, like, can I wait till the end of my like schedule or whatever? She's like, well you know, that's, you know, you, you, it's ultimately up to you, but my recommendation is that you go as soon as possible. So yes, like if you can, you should go right now. And like you should have went yesterday and you should, yeah, I basically.
1: Think, yeah. Do you mind if I jump in here real quick? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> just, just for listeners, like I'm not a doctor, this isn't medical advice, but if you ever think that you might be having a heart attack, every minute counts. And like, there are people who have died of heart attacks, like The next day, because it wasn't a big heart attack, it was a little one, but because the tissue was allowed to necrotize for a few days, like it, it took him out, so. Don't don't do what Dan did. Go to the <laughs> ER immediately. Like I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh no, I like, think that's I've a- been having a minor panic attack over here hearing you tell this story. No, that's that's good. That's
0: a
2: good public service announcement. We, yeah, don't do what Dan did. The whole talk about don't man up and just get through your work day Like if you need to go, you gotta mm-hmm. go.
0: Yeah, well, but I mean, like, so Monday I felt okay. Like I, you know, she asked how I was feeling. I said, you know, I still feel a little off. Like I don't feel a hundred percent. I feel pretty good, but, uh, like, like, you know, there's a very mild chest pain. Uh, you know, I don't, she asked if I felt confused, uh, if I felt dizzy at all. And I said, no, well no more confused than, than I always feel. And you know, I'm, I don't feel dizzy. You know, I'm, I'm a little short of breath, but that's, you know, that, that, that doesn't, it's not, it's not hugely concerning to me and you know, I, I like, I feel Okay. I just, I like, I'm calling because the thing said that I should call because I didn't know what to do. And so she said, yeah, you, you should absolutely go to the emergency room, like immediately and you should have somebody drive you. And of course, Tracy wasn't even out of bed yet. She, she sleeps in fairly late and doesn't start her work day until like later in the morning, (laughs) almost, (laughs) almost creeping into the noontime sometimes.
2: like, I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so I just sent her a text and said, Hey, are you up yet? Cause I didn't want to go in and, and wake her up. And, uh, you know, she responded yes. And I said, well, the uh, the doctor, you know, the, the triage person that I called says that I need to go to the emergency room and that I should have somebody drive me. So then of course she comes storming out of the bedroom and into my office. She's like, what, what's going on? Are you okay? What, what was, what's happening? So, Anyway, we get the dogs situated in the morning. I throw on some pants, send an email to my boss and say, hey, I've got a medical emergency. I'm going into the emergency room. So we get there. Tracy just drops me off because she needed to come back and handle other stuff. We have her mom's, one of her mom's puppies here also because, you know, she's got the litter mates. She had the the, the male dog uh, fixed and had his nares fixed, and then I want to say Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, she took her dog in, the the female dog in, to get spayed, and when the two dogs are together, because they're puppies and and littermates, they just are constantly playing and jumping around and everything, and she wanted to separate them in order to give the female some time to heal after surgery. So we've got the puppy, we've got our four other dogs it's kind of a madhouse zoo over here right now and so she just kind of you know got them outside let them go to the bathroom and then had to come back and feed them and take care of all that stuff and do her initial work day stuff said she'd be back so I checked myself into the ER sit around for a little bit go back um, they asked me some questions take me in for some x-rays they draw a bunch of blood. The, the nurse fucked up on my IV. I don't know if you guys can can see see the bruise. Yeah, Yeah, she missed. (laughs) She, she blew the vein out. Yeah. She did something fucked up. Like she's, she, she stuck the needle in. She's like, okay, big poke. Hang on. So she, she pokes and then there's a period of nothing happening. And then I could feel her moving around and then she says, oops, well, that's not what I wanted to have happen. And then she said, yeah, I I broke it. Oh yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'm guessing like she put it in my arm and then was poking around to see if she could find the vein and apparently couldn't and so she withdrew the needle and then put it into my forearm and and found a vein easily that way. Anyway, uh they drew a bunch of blood, ran a bunch of tests, uh had me wait, hooked me up to all kinds of shit. Uh came back, drew more blood, ran more tests. <clears throat> Came back and said that, you know, everything looks okay. Like, it doesn't look like I've had a heart attack. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that there's a risk, you know, that, that with a reading of AFib, and and the whole time I'm hooked up to heart monitor shit while I'm in the hospital, everything was fine. My my resting heart rate got really, really low. Like, the, the alarm kept going off because it got down to, like, 40. Um, and... Apparently I have a, a fairly low resting heart rate and it's just getting lower since I've started walking and all that kind of shit. But um apparently that's like a really, really great resting heart rate. That's like oh, yeah, athlete level resting heart rate.
2: Uh, I mean, if you go too low, you're dead.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> again, another great uh, point. Yeah. Um <laughs> But yeah, it kept like, it kept going off because my heart rate would dip down. It would, it would start, the alarm. Anytime it dipped down below 45, I believe. And it kept doing that. Like I'd start to drift off a little bit while, you know, cause I'm just sitting there while the running tests and it would beep and wake me up. And Tracy was back in there. We asked the nurse about it and she's like, Oh yeah, well your heart rate just keeps dropping really low. My blood pressure was okay. My heart rate is good. You know, I've got a healthy heart rate as far as that goes. Doesn't, you know, they ran tests in between to see if there was a particular enzyme starts with a T. I can't remember what it is to see uh, if that had increased, which would indicate heart damage. And that was fine. Uh, so they ended up ultimately discharging me and telling me that they need to come back for a stress test. And mm-hmm. this opening is already way too long. So I'm just going to stop there and say, <laughs> and say that everything is okay. I'll be going in to see my regular doctor tomorrow. Maybe we'll talk about it more on the other side of this little break. But in the meantime, I am, I feel okay. Everything's okay. I'm going to go see my regular doctor tomorrow and we'll know more after that.
1: This is Matt Dillahunty and you're listening to the godless revolution. Wait, 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 the world is not that bad though,
2: is it? Oh, it's pretty bleak. If you ever met the dick responsible for this world, you'd agree. Are we talking about God? You've met God. And he's a dick. Uh, his name's Antoine, and yes, he's an absolute troll.
0: Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Oh, welcome back, everybody. So I I feel bad. I've just kind of hijacked the whole show. We We had a show prepared that we were going to do, and I feel like I've just kind of hijacked the whole thing with, with this news that I didn't even <laughs> tell you guys about well, until we started recording.
2: I mean, as we just said, off line, Rachel Maddow us, yeah. <laughs> the, the douchebag who we were going to talk about uh-huh. will still be around next week. Oh yeah. Running for a political office. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: But I just, I like, I, I'm sorry. I, we talked about a bunch of stuff before we started recording and then i I feel like I just have kind of hijacked the the topic for this evening, but
1: there's a lot more. It's an important topic.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, and there's 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 a lot more to this that is is fucky and highlights a lot of the problems that we have with uh, the way healthcare is handled here in the United States. It's not really, it's not even really healthcare. It's it's more like <laughs> I don't even know what what you would call it. It's uh, health, health products and services. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: it's, basically. It's it's. Can you afford to live?
0: Uh huh. Yeah. How much? How much do you value your life? Because your insurance company uh, and
1: Doesn't. and medical
0: providers don't nice body you
1: have there. Shame if something were to happen to it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um. So. So going back to to what happened like when when Tracy first dropped me off you know I walk into the emergency room and of course you're there are signs emblazoned on the door and signs standing in the doorway and then just inside the emergency room that tell you that you know everybody needs to be wearing a mask and they've got plexiglass surrounding the desk inside the ER and all the nurses of course are masked and Everybody in the waiting room is masked. There's some fucking shithead lady in there wearing a Let's Go Brandon shirt and has her has her mask, of course, below her nose because why wouldn't she? She's already demonstrated that she's a terrible human being. Um so, you know, they they get me checked in and, you know, I'm I don't I obviously didn't didn't have any broken limbs. Uh, I wasn't crying in, in in dire pain. I wasn't bleeding anywhere. And so they had me, you know, just asked me a couple of questions and then had me go and take a seat on the other side of the desk uh, before they came over and took my vitals, you know, got my temperature, blood pressure, uh, asked me a few different questions about how I was feeling, why I was there, who my insurance
2: provider is. You know, you've got to go through all of that information with them. Huh. Wow. Yeah. triaging. Can you pay for this? <laughs> oh, you can't pay for it? You Well, you're in the bottom of the triage cycle right now then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you could just slide over to the side and we'll get to you as soon as we can. Yeah. Um,
2: but I do have I do have great
0: medical insurance. You know, as far as the American health care system goes, I have good health care coverage. Uh, I'm a federal yep. employee, so I get yep. a good plan at a decent rate that I still pay between myself and my employer, tens of thousands of dollars every year for coverage that largely goes unused. And when it is used, it's overcharged for everything. And then you have to go through a bunch of hassle,
1: but you know, they i had to pay hundreds of dollars this week for an MRI. Yeah. I feel you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. And that's with having the best health health plan available to me through my company.
0: Yeah. It's, it's fucking stupid the way we do our healthcare here. Uh, so they get me checked in, you know, ask me all the questions, have me go and sit in another room. The doctor comes in, asks me questions. They do my blood pressure again. Then they hook me up. They've, you know, they put a, I'm guessing it's a disposable or one-time use um, blood pressure cuff. Uh, hmm. It was, yeah, it was, it was kind of neat, but they put all, they put all of the sticky sh- shit sensors all over me and hooked me up to a bunch of wires and machines. The the 12 lead to check all the angles on your heart to see exactly what, what's doing what. Yeah, it was weird. They put like, I don't know, probably half a dozen, not, not half a dozen, a full dozen different sticky things all over my torso and only ever used three of them. I don't, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why they hooked up all of the other ones. Um, but they, so they do all of that. Hook me up to all the machines. Run the test. I go in for the X-rays. Uh, I get uh, uh, X-ray from the back. Well, I don't know. They had me put my chest on the plate and and grab a bar up above, and then they did one from the side where I'm grabbing bars up above. Uh, do well, all of an X-ray? That. It kind of
2: goes all the way through.
0: Yeah. Well, but I, I just wasn't sure if, if the x-ray was coming from, you know, from the front, like aimed at my chest or at my back through my back to my chest. I think it was going through your back. Yeah, probably. Um, but apparently that all checked out. Uh, my nurse apparently was very upset with some of the x-ray techs. Like she, after she fucked up the IV, um, one of, one of the x-ray techs came in and they're like, oh, yeah, we just need to take him in for x-rays. And she's like, well, I'm not done yet. I'm still hooking up his IV right now. You can come <laughs> back later. Like, she was just really fucking rude to her. And the, the, the x-ray tech was just like, okay, well, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come back. Sorry. And she just, like, backs out of the doorway and closes the door. And the nurse is like, and that's why you're supposed to call. <laughs> instead of just showing up oh, in the room like she was Someone really was having a good day she was really pissed off about it uh so you know they're having their little battles um so she leaves they take me in for the x-rays and i come back from the x-rays the x-ray tech didn't hook up my blood pressure cuff and i think he hooked up one of the leads wrong or something when the nurse came back in the the blood pressure monitor thing i could hear it like it it wasn't doing it the whole time right it would do it it would do different readings at different times i don't, mm-hmm. i don't know how often it was doing it um but he didn't hook up the hose back to the cuff and oh. so she came in and the machine was just like it had stopped making noise it, it and it was just beeping because it had tried taking my blood pressure and of course wasn't able to and i didn't, i don't know what the fuck is supposed to be going on i'm just there so she comes back in and She's like, well, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. This thing is beeping. And she says, oh, yeah, well, it's not reading your blood pressure. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, he didn't hook the thing back up. She's like, yeah, I'm unhappy with our x-ray text today. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, I noticed that earlier because you were not very nice to him. <laughs> um, so all of that happens. The doctor comes in, tells me what's going on, you know, said that they had taken my blood and ran some tests and I can't like I said I can't remember the enzyme that they look for it starts with a t um, that she said they they do their initial testing and then they wait for at least an hour and then they'll they'll come back in and draw more blood and run that for testing and then that will let them know if there's been an increase in this enzyme that is indicative of a heart attack uh, that you know your your heart would be or your body would be show increasing levels of whatever this particular enzyme was. And so after waiting there, I think we got there at like 11 and finally about 4:30. And so while I'm sitting there, you know, I'm looking at my phone and you Taylor tried calling while I, while I was sitting there and I'm like, well, I don't know if I should answer because I don't know when the doctor is going to come back. And then I'm going to have to explain I'm in the ER and that's going to be bad. <laughs> it's just like, I'll just call him later, or send him a text later mm-hmm. and let him know what's going on.
1: So so that's why I didn't take your call on Monday when you called. Um, no worries. I'm sorry for not sending you a follow-up text, but as will be revealed later on, it was something that I didn't really want to like put down. So, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Cause I was in a similar situation where it was something that I didn't want to have to go through and <laughs> explain all of what was going on.
0: So. so whole deal, it would be better during a phone call where we could just talk and ask questions back and forth. And yeah. um, So, you know, at the end of all of this, you know, I I've, I've been in the ER for like five and a half hours and Tracy, was there most of the time, you know, just being a trooper and asking questions and that's always good. I would recommend that anytime somebody has to go into the doctor or anywhere for anything to always have somebody else there with you because, you know, sometimes you're scared, sometimes you're nervous, sometimes you're in pain. You're not, you know, you're not thinking clearly, you're not processing information as well. And it's always good to have another brain set of eyes and another mouth there to help keep track of everything that's going on. Uh, It's good to have somebody there. should
1: ideally be a person who can both be diplomatic, but also assertive.
0: Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And, and understand that while you're in, in, you know, while you're in somebody's care, you need to be an advocate for yourself. You know, they're, they are there to, to hopefully do their best to try to help you, but. If you feel like you're not being understood or they're not addressing your concerns, you need to tell them that. And you can be nice about it and just say, look, you know, apparently there's a communications breakdown or whatever, but I just feel like I'm not being heard or, you know, I have questions about this. And take your time and make sure that they answer any questions that you have, because that's what they're there for. They're there
2: to help you. And I would also recommend that if you call 911 and fire department or paramedics or an ambulance shows up to your house, be open with everything. Don't hide anything. Oh, yeah. Because it sucks when you are telling paramedics or firefighters one thing and then you get to the hospital and the story fucking changes. Mm-hmm. Because the paramedics and the firefighters are the ones relaying information to the hospital before they arrive. So the doctors can get ready for you. And if you're not being open about what's going on. Like, you're like, I don't want to tell you, I'll wait for the doctor. Don't worry. We're not, don't be embarrassed. Yeah. Like y- Just, you're <laughs> like, don't you, put your life information. You give us is what we're relaying back to the hospital to let them know, Hey, this is what's coming. This is what's going on. This is what we see. This is what they're saying.
1: Yeah. I mean, in order and, to provide without getting into too much detail, if it, if you're going to put something somewhere, make sure it's got a wide base. Okay. That'll save
2: you an embarrassing trip or a string. <laughs> And <laughs> well, I and watched it's that show me and Sarah have been watching that show Stuck the first episode whoop right up there. Stuck, stuck. stuck. there's a show called Stuck. Gone. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Me and Sarah started watching like <laughs> three episodes on Hulu. Very first episode, very first thing is a lady that got a vibrator stuck up her ass like way up into her colon. Mm. Yeah, yikes.
1: <laughs> anyway, so let me Winks needs. A rip cord, you know, <laughs> let me winks.
0: <laughs> oh man. So, but yeah, I mean, always, you know, be an advocate for yourself. Make sure that somebody is there with you. And yeah, like Ryan said, be open and honest with your doctor. They can't provide the best care if they don't know everything that's going on. Um, Tracy's mother has had some health concerns recently. And so Tracy has gone to the doctor with her and. You know, the the doctor will come in and ask questions and Tracy's mother has not been entirely uh, forthcoming or straightforward with all of her answers to the doctor and Tracy's just like, look, they're not here to judge you. They're here to help Mm -hmm. you and they can't provide all of the help that you may need if you're not going to tell them all of the problems and be open and honest with them about everything. You know, don't they're not your fucking bishop. They're not your mother. Tell the doctor what your fucking problem is so that they can fix it for you. I'll also say they're not a cop. Yeah. Yeah. They're not a cop. They're not going to report shit to the cop unless you're, I mean, you know,
1: abusing other people. Unless you are harming yourself or someone else. Yeah. Or indicating that you're actively going to be doing that. They're not necessarily obligated to report you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so just be open and honest with them. They they are there to help you. That's their job. That's what they're being paid for. That's what you're there for is to get help for the fucking problems that you have. Anyway, um so always have somebody there with you. Always be open and honest. Always tell them what's going on. Uh the the doctor at the end of all of this comes in and says, you know, uh thankfully you weren't in AFib at any time while you've been here, uh, I understand that you got this reading from your watch and, and you know, those things aren't always entirely accurate. You know, they can be off. And I said, oh, yeah, I I totally understand that. I I, I get that. And I said, honestly, I would not have come in had the triage person, you know, not told me that I should. And then, I don't know, like I, I didn't, when things like this happen, sometimes you feel like, Um, You may be a bit of a hypochondriac or you're blowing things out of proportion, but all, you know, all along the line, all right down the line, I kept saying, you know, uh, you know, it's just a little bit of chest pain. It's not bad. I feel pretty good. I'm not confused. I'm not dizzy. You know, it was yesterday still not feeling a hundred percent, but I'm not sure if that just kind of freaked me out. And then I got the reading on my watch and that freaked me out and it happened twice, but so when the doctor said, you know, they can be a little bit off, I said, oh, yeah, I, I totally get all of that. I said, but, you know, it happened twice and I've had this feeling before a couple different times and I've just never had something that I could easily track what was going on. Or, or you know, I couldn't I didn't have something attached to my wrist that I could instantly go, oh, let's test this out and see if there's something fucky going on. I said, so I, I get that they can be off, um, but. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm doing what the medical people told me to do. The the people who are professionals told me to come in. And so that's why I'm here. I said, I'm glad that everything is going well now and I feel pretty good and I appreciate your time and I'll be heading home now. Thank you very much. She said that they want me to uh, go in for a stress test. Apparently they put me on a treadmill and yep. While I'm hooked up to a bunch of stuff to check respiration and heartbeat and all of that kind of
2: stuff. And I think part of it's like rate of rise almost like how, how, how quickly your heart starts getting to a a level that they deem. Oh shit. Yeah. You're, you're, you're at your peak. Oh yeah. The longer it takes to get to that peak, the better you are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, in all of this, I kept thinking, well, You know, maybe because I've, I've been a slothful shithead for several years now, you know, a really long time, like I've kind of let myself go. I used to be Mr. Sporty Guy. I was, you know, I was all into the high school sports. I played baseball and basketball and football, not all for my high school team, you know, but I, you know, growing up, I played baseball and basketball and I played football in high school and I was on the diving team in high school. And, you know, I was, I was Mr. Fit and sporty. I, I did a ton of weightlifting for a very long time. Um, I've, I've always been a fairly fit guy. And then I got married and had knee surgery and a couple kids and, you know, I, I stopped working out nearly as much life happened and, and yeah, I've, I've put on a lot of weight since 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 the the peak of my fitness and have let myself go and haven't done a lot of exercising for quite some time. And so I thought, well, you know, maybe since I've been getting back into getting into shape and I've been walking and lifting weights and doing all that kind of shit that maybe I knocked some something loose. You know, I had I had some shit built up that I've now knocked loose because I'm finally getting back into shape and my heart's beating rapidly for several minutes at a time lately. And, and it maybe is just cleaning out the pipes and knocked something loose and it's flowing through my system and ultimately it will be okay. It was just one of those things that's going to happen while I'm on the road to getting into better shape. Um But they want me to go into and, and have the stress test done. And it's interesting because while I was sitting there, you know, they, they check me in through the ER it's just the kind of cursory thing. They put the bracelet on and lead me into the room in the back. And then I'm sitting there and I get a text message from the ER Hmm. telling me, you know, to, to complete my check-in and it's, it sends me a link where I can go to their website and finish filling out all of my information, you know, double checking my address, phone number, uh, insurance information, all of that kind of shit. And so I, so I do all of that and, you know, then later I also get another message that they want, you know, somebody tries calling me to set up the stress test. You know, oh, it's, it's whatever department is calling me while I'm still sitting in the ER and I didn't answer the call. They left a message saying, Hey, this is, you know, Katie and I'm calling to set up your stress test. Uh, uh, so give me a call back and so we can get this taken care of for you.
2: You're like I'm getting x-rayed right now, woman.
0: <laughs> I'm like I'm still sitting in the ER room. I don't even know what's going on. Like the doctor hasn't told me this yet. Um, so you know we leave. I get this pamphlet of stuff, like all of my test results, um, the the EKG that they'd done, uh, the radiologist's analysis of my heart from the x-rays that had been taken, the doctor's notes for all the tests that were done and her recommendation that I go in for a stress test. And, uh, you know, immediately I start getting a bunch of other phone calls. And in talking to Tracy, she says, well, you know, because we went to IMC, the Intermountain Medical Center that's close to our home, they don't, you know, their system doesn't share information with my primary care physician whose mm-hmm. practice is through the University of Utah healthcare system, both of which my insurance allows me to go see, but they don't share information. Their their shit isn't linked up to share my patient information back and forth through those two different systems. So
1: in two thousand twenty two.
2: Yeah. 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 And which also comes into the case if you had to call nine one one and an ambulance was taking you someplace you don't really get a choice on which hospital you go to. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. And.
2: They might not have your information.
0: Yeah. Or they may not accept my insurance and then I would get a bigger bill. Like all of that kind of bullshit. So I, I start getting messages again and phone calls, you know, hi, this is so-and-so calling again to set up your stress test. And we'd like to get this taken care of as soon as possible. Also, we've got a heart monitor thing that we'd like to, you know, have you come in and get fitted for and and send home for for $500 a a day. Yeah. Like all of this kind of shit. And it's like, well, you know, I'm, I, I need to talk to my primary care physician first. So then I go and try to set up an appointment with my regular doctor. And of course, then I have to go through a whole new round of questions and what's going on. And I tried calling and nobody was available to, to schedule an appointment with me. So then through the, my chart app online, I send a request to have somebody call me back to set up an appointment. So somebody calls me back to set up an appointment and I have to go through the whole fucking story with them again about what's going on and tell them that the ER discharging person told me and I've received several phone calls from other people to schedule a stress test. Well, they can't just schedule a stress test. I need to go see my primary care physician first so that that doctor can then order the stress test through through the University of Utah health system for me to go in. So now, as it stands, I have an appointment to go see my primary care physician tomorrow at noon, and Tracy will be going with me, and then I'll have to relay all of this information to my primary care physician, who will then have Good. to refer me out the same tests yeah refer me out well yeah i'm sure she's going to want to run some of the same tests i've got Blood the and- yeah i've got the thick pamphlet of shit or the booklet of shit that they gave me when i was discharged yesterday or monday and i'll take that into my primary care and then she's going to have to order a stress test through the university of utah i don't know when that's going to be available today while i'm sitting at work i get another phone call to try to set up a stress test. I answer it. And the person on the phone says, oh yeah, you know, we've got a stress test or we've, we've got this available. We can have you come in tomorrow. We had a cancellation, so you can come in tomorrow. If you don't come in tomorrow, then the soonest we could see you is like April 4th or something like that. And I said, well, you know, I, I said in throughout this ordeal, I have discovered some Serious flaws in our healthcare system, one of which being my primary care physician doesn't share uh, medical information back and forth with Intermountain Medical Center versus the University of Utah shit. So I need to go and see my primary care physician so that she can then refer me out for a stress test. And the person who calls says, "Well, I'm just letting you know. You know, I I feel like I need to advise you that." You know, the ER doctor said that you need to get this done as soon as possible and we have an opening tomorrow and we can get you in and that if you can't make it in tomorrow or you don't want to take tomorrow, then it may not be until April. And I'm like, well, I just told you that I need to go see my primary care physician first and I'll have to do what she recommends okay, well, you know, we do have Uh this opening tomorrow and if you don't come in, then you may not be able to come in for a long time. And you know, the university of Utah may not have something available anytime soon. So, you know, it's up to you, but I'm just letting you know. I'm like, well, it's like
2: a high pressure sale.
0: Yeah. It's like, are you seriously like (laughs) you're, you're doing some high pressure sales on getting me in to take a fucking stress test? Like, Come on, man! FOMO here, yeah. <laughs> like, it is are you are you doing these stress tests on commission or something? Like, why the fuck are you giving me the hard sale here?
1: This is new name Noah, and you're listening to the Godless Revolution. Map, are you serious with the vacuum right now? You really have to do that here. I'm saying my catchphrase. Everybody's watching. God, you're
2: 22, living
1: in my house. There is no God.
0: If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter at the Twatter, at TGR podcast. Thank you.
2: There's one thing I, I, I want to point out with your story that I think is a, is a bigger issue with the whole healthcare system. Uh-huh. You have healthcare. Yeah. You have, you have pretty fucking good healthcare for an American standard. Mm-hmm. Yet you still didn't think you needed to go to the hospital at first, Mm -hmm. whether that was like, oh, it's not a really big issue, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you can also afford it. And you know, before you go, it's going to cost me something.
0: Oh, yeah. It's well, it's going to cost me a lot. I mean, I still have a $2,500 deductible.
2: Yeah. Versus someone who might not be able to afford to go to the hospital being like, oh, shit, there's something really bad going on, but I can't afford to pay for it. Mm hmm. So let's put this off. Let's see if it just gets better on its own because, you know, I, I can't deal with that bill right now, mm-hmm. which is what I think is one of the most fucked up things about our healthcare system. Is someone will put off something that they, they might in their head be like, or like maybe block it out. Like, okay, this isn't as bad as it feels. Like I'll, I'll get through this. You know, I've, I've been through worse or whatever bullshit they try to do in their brain because they know it's going to cost them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But even if you have the money to afford to, it's like, yeah, why do I want to go pay 500 bucks for for this when I might have a vacation plan and that money was supposed to be spent on this, so if I do this, it's going to ruin that. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever code they use to not want to go to the hospital because it's, they know it's going to cost a lot of money.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and even, even setting aside just the cost of it, it's the fucking hassle that you have to go through. Like, not only now do I have to try to figure out how to transfer all of the information that was gleaned from my ER visit to my primary care physician, but then try to get them to input that into their system. And then I have to worry about billing now. Okay. So, Mm I went to the emergency room. I know that there's a copay on that. I know that there's a deductible on that. And I know that I'm going to have to pay out of pocket for some of that. How much does my insurance cover as far as my deductible goes? And then is IMC in network or out of network? Like I know that my insurance will cover some of it, but they're not my primary care. So Mm -hmm. is that going to be an out of network cost or an in network cost? And then how much is my deductible going to be? And then is it going to be that they're putting all of that on my deductible or is it going to be that they'll pay 50% and then I'll have to pay 50% until my deductible is met. It's just, it's all of this fucking nonsense bullshit that people have to fucking go through anytime they need to go to the doctor. And it's like, well, like if, if I had had a choice, well, I did have a choice of course, but if I, if I had just said, well, well, You know, it really just seems like it's going to be too much of a fucking hassle. Like, I feel okay, but like you guys have said, like all of the signs were that I may have had a heart attack and that that could get worse. And people, as Taylor said, Mm -hmm. said, people have had symptoms like that and let them go because they didn't think it was any big deal and then died a few days later because they had a fucking heart attack and their heart muscle was just necrotizing that entire time.
2: Like you may have had a heart attack, but you're not having a heart attack now
0: yeah while you're, you're there yeah you're not actively and in cardiac arrest yeah and so do you want to go through all of that hassle and then all of that potential expense and then just be just be told just to be told that oh you know yeah you're okay it was just it was a thing we're not entirely sure what it was but mm-hmm. if it
1: happens yeah. again come that, back <laughs> yeah and that's that's the worst too and that's got a it's going to demoralize so many people when like they have something like that happen and then they have to spend so much money to be told, don't, don't know. Don't fucking know. Good fucking luck. Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of in that situation right now myself because I've had my massive back spasm and I've had my x-ray, mm-hmm. which shows that I have quote, normal degeneration of my disc <laughs> between my L2 and my L3 for somebody my age, uh-huh. um, which you know, whatever the fuck that means, right? <laughs> it um, means and, gravity's that me money, winning. and I had a really expensive MRI yesterday. Yeah. And and I strongly suspect that the MRI is gonna tell me the same thing that my physical therapist told me, which is that I've got a herniation of my disc between my L2 and L3. And uh like, neat, cool, what do I do with that? Like mm-hmm. ah boy, slap me in the ass, send me on my way, tell me not to overdo it. <laughs> Well, and
0: then, of course, all of this just leads to further delays, like you know the 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 i i m c people want me to go in tomorrow to do the stress test, mm-hmm. but instead, in the meantime, I've set up an appointment to go see my primary care physician tomorrow who ultimately is going to recommend that I go and get a fucking stress test, and then how much farther how much longer is that going to be delayed? And so it's, and you know, I'm away from work. Yeah. So it's more time away from work when I'm super fucking busy and getting buried all of the goddamn time. Like Monday, I missed more than half of a day of work and that work doesn't go away. It just keeps piling up. And I'm already yeah. working four to six hours of overtime every fucking day, trying to catch up and just not even catch up, just keep my head above water while more shit piles up. My unread mm-hmm. email count just goes up every day. Like I address and respond to literally more than a hundred email messages every fucking day. And I still have messages that are going unread and unresponded to because there's just too much fucking work to deal with. And so now I'm going to have to miss, you know, at least a couple hours of work tomorrow. And then I'm going to have to miss more work to go and get this stress test done. And in the meantime, that work is not going anywhere. It's just piling up and I'm just piling up expense and Mm -hmm. time. And it's just, there are better ways to do this. There are better systems in place. I I don't understand why we've settled for the system that we have now. It's just completely bass awkward, wasteful, and time consuming, and demoralizing for everybody. For everybody who who has to participate in it, from the patient on up through the doctors and nurses and healthcare staff and administrators of hospitals and even the insurance companies and their employees. Like it's just a massive fucking pain in the ass for everybody involved.
2: And I, I wouldn't and say how much better settled would it for be? it. Yeah. I, I, would, I would say we're yeah. forced into it because a lot of people want better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and
1: how much better would the system be if people could like take care of problems before they catastrophize, you know, how much healthier would people be if it was, you know, if they had the time to to cook their own food, and if healthy food was more affordable than, you know, grabbing McDonald's on your fifteen minute break before you get to your second fucking job, like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, the whole the whole system is definitely fucked hard.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, not even that, just going to the hospital for a minor thing, like, hey, I think something, like, something just feels off. Let's go see the doctor. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you yeah. catch it oh, early kinda... versus catching it as a big problem. Now you got a lot bigger yeah. bills to pay and a lot more strain on it. And mm-hmm. If you could have caught it earlier, you might have, but you're probably worried. Oh, fuck. I don't want to pay for that right now. I can't afford that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't afford to live.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, it would be awesome if we had a healthcare system like the, the NHS in, in, mm-hmm. in England, you know, that I could yep. just go in and see a doctor Canada
2: has when I want it.
0: Yeah. Yeah like almost anywhere else
2: has like better other industrialized nation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Has, has less expensive healthcare with better outcomes. Yeah.
1: I was in Qatar. Right. Um, which I think is, is like a third world country. Right. Like, like, and, and third world doesn't mean people are drinking out of muddy rivers. It, it, Technically just means countries that were unaligned during the conflict in the Cold War, right? Mm. But Qatar has one major city and one minor city, and that is it in the entire goddamn country. And it is otherwise just a flat sheet of desert. And I would play a game with one of my friends where I would take photos of the ground and I would send them a photo every day. And it was either of Qatar's ground or Mars. Um, and I would ask them which one they thought it was each day, right? That
2: sounds like a fun game. Um,
1: Yeah, so I had an issue where like, you know how your skin has just microflora and fauna on it, right? Like little Mm -hmm. bacteria and fungi and all kinds of little things and they just exist in Mm -hmm. like a little ecosystem that's largely kept in check and they're just there on your skin and they occupy you. Always. Right. There are more cells that are
0: not you than that are
1: that than that are you on your body. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And and there's an issue that can happen if you are under a lot of stress in an area of high heat and high humidity where that ecosystem can get out of balance. And some of the fungi that live on your skin will cause like basically an autoimmune response and you get just red blotches and like, they're not infectious. You can't spread them to other people. They're just really fucking unsightly. Like a weird histamine reaction. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, That goes in kind of like a butterfly pattern on your skin. And so knowing that I had this flare up again, because the last time i had it was when I was in Biloxi studying at a cyber warfare school that Mm -hmm. kicked my ass. Um, (laughs) And Biloxi, Mississippi is also very hot and very fucking wet. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I went into a Qatari doctor I explained the problem that I had. I said that I just needed an oral um, an oral and a topical antifungal for like like a week's worth. and that's all I, I needed. That's all I wanted. And they were like, okay, cool. Well like we understand that this is a condition. It's not a controlled substance. So go to the pharmacy. They wrote me a script. I walked 20 feet out of that office to the pharmacy that they had adjacent to the doctor's office. Um, I paid the equivalent of thirty US dollars for the doctor's visit and I paid three dollars for the medicine at the pharmacy. Wow. <laughs> and my yeah. problem was solved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here yeah. in the
0: US that would have been hundreds yeah. of dollars yeah. for of the doctor yeah. bill.
1: And it, it and my trip took less than an hour to get all of that done.
0: It's nuts, man. There, yeah, our system yeah. here is totally fucked, and it's not—it's not just the medical system. It's all of the supporting
2: systems the, surrounding yeah, it as well. The billing, the 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 insurance providers, if like, even well, because all kinds of middlemen industries have shown
1: up to be lampreys, eating the fucking droppings out of the shark's mouth. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and we didn't have these industries until post World War II. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It used to be you go, you see a fucking doctor, you get yeah. your fucking medicine, you go home. And now it's yep. an entire infrastructure and industries. And and I hear people complain from time to time they're like, "Well, what about the jobs? These people fuck their jobs." <laughs> yeah. Fuck those <laughs> jobs in particular. Uh-huh. Like if we had socialized healthcare tomorrow and those people lost their jobs, I would not shed a tear. No, I I'd wouldn't like, either. D-
2: do you agree they're profiting with, off with of misery and death? Yeah. You do you agree with clubbing baby seals? Well, no. Well, but someone's going to lose their job if you want that job gone. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. That's just it. Like they're, they're not like they can, they can try to justify a whole bunch of these positions in their own heads. Like, well, you know, I'm, I'm a patient advocate. I'm, I sure I work for this insurance company, but I'm there as a patient advocate. I'm the one who helps patients with their billing, with any of their concerns. Okay. But you shouldn't have to do that job. You can do another job.
2: Yeah. There, there are other things available out there. When Bernie Sanders was running for president, uh, I think it was the first go-round, he, someone had actually written a big thing saying, hey, uh, I am all for you know, single-payer health care and listed all his reasons. And at the end, it was like, also, if this goes through, I'm going to lose my job. and I'm mm-hmm. okay with that because I work for a screwed-up industry.
0: Well, and, and, the, and people make this false choice. And, and have this false dilemma of, okay, well, if we have socialized healthcare, then all of these insurance company jobs are going to go away. Not necessarily. Somebody's still going to have to go through all of the billing. Somebody's still going to have to do a bunch of things that are ancillary to your primary care physician and your visits with them. that are going mm-hmm. to have to figure out where all of that money is shuffled around and how it's taken care of and scheduling appointments and doing all of this other administrative All of these other administrative tasks, they're not going to just fucking
1: evaporate if we have socialized healthcare. But it's just going to be standardized. Furthermore, furthermore, here's the deal. When capitalism causes jobs to go extinct, nobody bats a fucking eye, Uh right? Like there are no more jobs for people who drive horse-drawn carriages, Mm -hmm. but for a few cottage industries in like New York City, right, mm -hmm. that take people around Central Park. Mm Mm-hmm that that used to be a big fucking deal job. Oh yeah. Right. And then the automobile was invented and, and it was a very limited number of people who said, well, what about the jobs of the people driving horses back then? Because I understood that the technological advancement was more important than holding onto a dead career field. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody mourns the loss of scribes living in monasteries, hand copying <laughs> Bibles. Yeah. Right.
2: Uh-huh. And, I was going to bring your <laughs> need to, accept that. to a, a more modern one with uh, Amazon. And no one, I mean, we bitch about Amazon. People hate Amazon, but we still use the shit out of Amazon. We aren't like, oh, Amazon has caused a lot of small mom and pop shops to go out of business because Amazon can beat their fucking prices because they can sell that shit for less and, and basically lose money on it versus what a mom and pop shop can and Mm-hmm. Why would someone want to pay more? So there's capitalism right there. They, they won the game there and they've shut yep. down a lot of mom, them, Walmart, big box stores, shutting down mom and pop stores. Mm-hmm. You don't care about and them, like, do you? I've, I've read
1: articles that have said like Americans enjoyed the experience of going to a mall. Right. Um, and, and That's I get funny, if like, you didn't in, buy anything. in in the middle East, like going to the mall is a whole fucking thing. Right. Um, and I can't speak for any other non-American areas, but it's like like a social event. Like, hey, let's go to the mall. Let's wander around. Let's get snacks while we're there. Let's look at clothes. You know, we might buy something, we might not. Like, there's entertainment at the places. Like, I've seen live music performances and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing in the common area of the mall. Like, it's a whole ass fucking thing. Mm -hmm. And I've read articles that have said, like, having things like Amazon has taken the experience of going to a mall away from us in America. But the thing is, is like, then... Potentially that will evolve again as a market demand, right? Like Americans may say, Hey, let's, let's go to the mall, right? Let's, let's spend money at this business that does lots of things, but Mm -hmm. that has to be driven by upward pressure from the mass populace, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and again, that's capitalism working as intended. Um, right now healthcare should not be a capitalized industry. No, it should not be for profit. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like nobody should be profiting off of healthcare. The only exception that I can think of is that like, there should be something like a profit incentive for a f- short term period of time to reward um, medical research, right. That, that leads to the development of new devices or drugs or whatnot but those devices and drugs and et cetera should be um very quickly entered into the public domain after the like developer has been given the opportunity to earn you know a certain amount of profit that that's functionally earned yeah. from the government who would be the primary purchaser
2: mm-hmm. um and that yeah. brings up a good example because I've heard people use the argument saying, "Well, a lot of the medical research is done here in the u s so we got to pay higher costs to cover the cost of doing all that research and it's like Motherfucker, most of that research was paid for on federal fucking grants that was through our tax dollars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've yep. already paid yep. for the research.
1: Yep. Well, and and I can see an argument for like if if to to steel man the argument, maybe if you knew that you had to fight for grants versus the possibility of increased profits, then you would be less likely to pursue. Certain procedures over other, but I think it needs to be a mixed environment of seeking profits and also seeking grants, because then like you'll go for the high risk, high reward stuff that might create a miracle cure on the profit side. And the low risk, low reward stuff that otherwise wouldn't be worth researching, but you can just get free money from the government through grants. Mm -hmm. Like in that particular case, I think that there should be both to motivate as broad a spectrum of medical research as possible.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, our, our medical research already has to go through the federal government bureaucracy to say, yes, we deem this as something you can you can do, whether it's mm-hmm. a medication or a procedure. It's not whatever. about the so, bureaucracy.
1: It's about the, the motive, right? No, no, like but if I told like, you, okay. Like
2: being private right now versus going government isn't going to speed anything up. It's still going to have to go mm-hmm. through the same processes to become like a legit thing. But as far as what you're going to say, that the, you're going with where they'll spend their time and invest their money in their research versus, mm-hmm. and I was just wanting to point out that no matter which way it goes, it's still going to take yeah. the same amount of time to make it to market, so don't think the yep. government taking over is going to take longer mm-hmm. for it to come to mm-hmm. market because there already well, is the government oversight.
1: Mm-hmm. And and for example, one of the things that um, Joe Biden did when he was the vice president under uh, President Obama is he was involved in the um, fight to cure cancer. And mm-hmm. one of the things that he helped create is a consortium. Of medical researchers. And basically what he did is he created the framework for business agreements between multiple medical research organizations and gave them the framework to do a profit sharing environment where these companies could say, okay, we're trying to cure, like say rectal cancer. Right. And so each of them might go on different research tracks and some of them might have successful research, and some of them might go down the line of research and say, hey, this didn't yield a, a result that we can actually make a product off of, right? Normally, that would just be sunk cost, right? You, you invested in research, and you found an answer that's no, and there's no way to profit off of no. So what they did is they created a way for like, if you found an answer that's no, but that leads to like helping them find the answer that's yes, you get to get some of the profit for the company that does find the correct answer Mm -hmm. because you were involved in the overall effort. And so there's no penalty for like taking a risk and getting a no answer. Mm
2: -hmm. And and, shown the road not to go down. So someone else doesn't go down that same road. Yeah. You helped us not
0: waste time following this other track that was ultimately not fruitful. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for letting me uh, derail <laughs> the entire show. Not at all. At the last minute, guys. Not at all. Uh, we we've run over time, uh, but that's okay. I think this was. I don't know. Our, our healthcare system here is just so super fucked that I think the more attention we can bring to it, the, the better off everybody will be ultimately. Because the way it's going now is just it's not. The only people that it's helping are fucking rich people. The yeah. the rich people yeah. who benefit off of the misfortune of other people, they, they profit off of the, off of the poor health of other people and they don't, they don't do things to try to improve the system. It's that they do things to try to improve the bottom, the bottom line and mm. more dollars flowing into their pockets ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And if that comes at the expense of other people's
2: health, well, that's just the price of doing business, man. Yeah. And, yeah. Republicans are right back at it. I said this today's the 12th anniversary of the Amer- the Affordable Care Act. Today, when we're recording, and uh, Republicans have already said that that's when they gain power back. They're still going to try to rip that away again, with no solution. Yeah,
0: just it's so. just it's fucking stupid, and I can't I can't understand why so many people still vote for Republicans, other than they just they just want to own the libs mm-hmm. they just want to try to fuck somebody yeah. else over like they're not they're not ultimately looking to help the most people they're not out to see the best benefit for the most people available it's just oh i don't like you and so i'm gonna fucking tell you what what for and i'm gonna fuck you over i don't care if it fucks me over too because i'm too fucking stupid to realize it
2: <laughs> but they're uh they're playing yeah. Russian roulette while they're playing on the lib
0: yeah Mm-hmm. <sighs> That will uh, bring us to the end of this episode. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be... Two skeptical chaps.
2: A noble spirit biggins the smallest man. A perfectly cromulent statement. Alan Firth. All hail, Penith, Butra. Darwin is coming. Doug Willoughby. Hunter Grimm. Is it just me or are these patrons amazing?
0: They're so amazing. John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Shanae Duffy. Steve Kuno, who I will get to see in a couple weeks, uh, three oh, weeks, nice. I think, at the American Atheists Convention. Oh, I yeah. hope to see some Holy some bar. fans of the show there as well.
2: Yeah. Time, fast, move. Wow. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Uh, Steven Andrus. Theodore sellen Tiffany Hudson. Trisha Weir, Vanessa, Corey Ebert, Don't Be a Richard, Freethinker215, Good News, Everyone, Jeff Peterson, Jeremy Goodson, Jonathan, Marvin Draken, Matthew Sanders, Megan Mitchell, Not a fucking gymnast. (laughs) Uh, The next patron is an updog. Utah Outcast is an updog.
2: <laughs> Wesley Aaron. Zeus9SO. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon.
0: Sarah Segovia. <laughs> I'm just wondering what the, what the high pitched voice was for. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Savita Kuna. Socialized healthcare saved my life. <laughs> Tim Jacobson. <laughs> <laughs> Helen and Lovejoy
0: wants you to please support the survivors network of those abused by priests, otherwise known as Snap
1: and James, thank you all so very much. um, this show couldn't happen without you.
0: <laughs> we appreciate you all more than you know for sure we oh my God, we didn't even announce it. We didn't say we are now an l l c
2: oh yeah. Woo! Yay! Holy shit! Thanks. We're what you call a uh, bona fide. Yeah, sort of, sort of, wow. sort of, kinda. Yeah, it's wow. been that's
0: been really cool. I was uh, very very excited to see that uh, M- Morgan Stringer has has worked with us, and we have an EIN, and we are an official LLC now. Only yeah, shit so trying to get to, to call ourselves now. small
1: business owners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just think that's really cool. Uh, we, we will be working more with Morgan on some other things, uh, that, that will also be for the show. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited about it. I think that's very cool.
1: That is so cool. Yeah. I'm glad that I could be a part of this with you guys. Yeah. this oh, is, yeah.
0: This is awesome. All of you both very much. Uh, I'm going to go. Back to work. Back to the grind. I'm gotta go. Gotta go back to the old uh, grindstone. Yeah.
1: Fun, fun, fun. Yeah. I got to put. Ugh. I've got a rough few days ahead of me. And uh, I'm going to go enjoy the quiet before the storm. All right. That's all I have to say.
0: Well, enjoy the rest of your evening, fellows. I shall talk to you later. Okay. there, Archie. <laughs> Well, happy birthday yesterday.
2: Was that? Did your mom post about that yesterday or did I see it? Steady? Oh, yeah. She posts She posts about it the day before, the day of, and the day after. She'll say, <laughs> happy day before your birthday. Happy day before your birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, birthday.
1: happy day after your birthday. <gasps> <laughs> oh, that's adorable. I mean, I'm you, just you, glad you're okay, man. I've been sitting over here having a minor panic attack. Like just thinking about all that. Oh, yeah, you know <laughs> you're
2: listing all the signs and symptoms of having a heart attack or passing a clot. All right. So
1: I've got the house to myself. Okay. Um,
2: ooh, No pants time.
1: <laughs> it's naked time. Ago, um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that, is that the reason for the haircut? Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. be taken more seriously. So, yeah. Does that mean the beard's going to go bye-bye too?
2: No, <laughs> fucking no. <laughs> I look professional now. <laughs>